I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Today on Exploring the Prophetic, we have Chris Valentin. We had Chris one other time on the show, but you're going to so enjoy Chris. Chris is one of the senior leaders of Bethel Church in Redding, California. If you've heard about Bethel Church, Chris is one of the uh, the, the engineers of the culture up there, and he's doing an amazing job. He's killing it at hearing God's voice and helping the church move forward. But also leaders from around the world are just hovering and orbiting around Bethel, looking at what they're doing and saying, we want to do this too. As well as today on the podcast, I'm asking Chris, I'm going to ask him a bunch of questions about his calling over political leaders. We're exploring the prophetic and we, we need to see that the prophetic actually impacts not only culture and it's not only for the poor and for missions and for just bringing souls to the kingdom. But God has a design over nations and he constantly is, is reaching out to leaders over nations, leaders over districts, regions, whatever, and speaking to them. And if, if, if you know that you're in a position of power in politics, you're doing it out of passion or you're doing it, if you're doing it right, you're doing it out of a place of passion because they're not usually the highest paying jobs, depending on what country you're in. And you usually have to work like 70, 80 hours a week. I always feel bad for whoever becomes president of the United States because it's such a big deal, like how much they give of their blood and their essence to this country for that period of time. Like four years ages them like 25 years. It's crazy. It's like they're living beyond dog years in each year that they're an elected official. And these people are crying out for spiritual resolution. They're crying out for spiritual breakthrough. They're in touch with all the greatest needs over their entire nation, sometimes the entire world. And they're looking to hear and they're looking to know what was in God's heart. And so, so many times God will send prophetic people in. We don't get to hear about this a lot because it's usually stealth missions. But I asked Chris if he can share some things with taking the names off of these types of people. And so we can just have stories and the power of stories is really powerful. So as we get into these stories, I want to encourage you, some of you are going to find yourself like Chris, who many of you heard his backstory in the past of being from Weaverville and just having an encounter with God, not educated and being called as a prophet to nations as a transformed culture. And he's doing it and he's doing it really well. And he's empowering others to do so as well. And some of you might feel like I'm insignificant from nowhere. How could I ever have impact? If God is with you, God wants to speak to nations. He wants to speak speak to cities. He wants to speak to regions, but there's something about the heart we have to hold for that to happen. And Chris is a great example of that. So if this podcast inspires you, I want to make sure you get a hold of all of Chris's stuff because he has a lot of training that will help you in this. So with no further ado, Chris Valentin. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Sean Bowles and we're exploring the prophetic and I have today on for a second time on my podcast, Chris Valentin. Ah, this is <laughs> You're just one of the, one of the, the best thinkers of our generation for the church. I, I have to say that and I, I don't say that out of flattery. I say that because I have benefited from your materials. I've read every one of your books. I get your blog. I connect your messages. You're my favorite at the leaders advance whenever I get to go. Just because there's things that you've been articulating that I think is the sound of heaven on earth. It's like, how do you actually see things done? And you're a strategist and you're, you're, you're using forward thinking to reimagine the church and reimagine the world. So thank you for that. But welcome thank to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. And one of the things we're going to talk about today on this show is actually God's given you a gift 
And you know, it's your lane, your zone to prophesy to governmental and political leaders. And this has happened yeah. all the way along the journey. I've met different people. And typically when I meet a governmental leader, they've already met with you. I'm like, Oh, you know, Chris, that's amazing. I'm like, I don't know that there's one that I've met with, whether it's a president or vice president or parliament member or whatever that hasn't brought you up or brought up Bethel, <laughs> which is yeah. awesome. So, but tell, take us on a journey. Like how did this start with you? How did you know this was your zone? Well, you know, last year, I mean, last, last year, last podcast, we talked about this, you know, this connection I had with God, this, this vision I had in the bathtub some many years ago, where the Lord told me that I was going to be a prophet to the nations. And that totally shocked me. First of all, I didn't think I was a prophet. And secondly, to the nations, (laughs) I'd never been out of California at the time. So like, well, this can be very interesting. But doors began to open. And I, I, you know, I began to realize, like Jesus said, you know, all authority has been given to me in heaven on earth. Therefore, make disciples of all nations. And I, you know, I we've all read that as, you know, makes disciples in nations. And I'm like, oh, we're not supposed to just make disciples in nations. We're supposed to make disciples of nations. Yes. And so I, I began to realize like, oh, the idea is the promise to Abraham was that you were going to be a father to many nations. And so shall your descendants be. Uh, that's you know Romans four, like we're gonna God, Abraham's the promise to Abraham was that he was going to be a father to many nations, not just to Israel, and so you know we think about this whole fathering of nations. We're like, wow, the Muslims are fathering five nations. Yeah, Christians are fathering no one, and so you know we begin to talk through like what does it look like, and and the crazy thing in the midst of our you know discovery, like, Lord, how do we do this? I began to get invitations like, hey, you know, my, um, I, I'm a friend of the mayor, you know, um, he's read your book, would you like to meet with him? And so, you know, I sit down with the mayor and I, I, I meet with him and I'm like, you know, and while we're in the meeting, you know, I, I'm getting all this stuff for him prophetically, wow. like, you know, uh, I, I see this thing that God wants to do through you. And, and pretty soon, you know, that mayor knows another mayor and you know i'm i'm in you know i'm in another city and this mayor hey my friend at such and such town my city uh, you know he said he met with you i'd love to meet with you and so you know and, and now i'm like i've been doing that for real regularly for 8 years i, I probably meet with i don't know how many probably 100 political 200 uh, probably 300 political leaders a year and wow. um in many many different cities and um now we've developed teams that actually um, you know, they're, what they do is minister to political people. And, and Sean, you know, political people, they so need encouragement. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, think about it. Like, why would anyone want to be a politician in this culture? It's the most culture, thankless right? job in the Western world. And I just can't <sighs> imagine. Like, they're, I, I've met, I went to the Department of Defense last year, and it was to the person who's, or I guess, yeah, it was last year. It's the person who's in charge of uh, North Korea and the person who's in charge of China at the time. They're no longer in because it was the Democratic Party guys. Yeah. But, uh, I I'm sitting there meeting with them and they're working like 70 and 80 hours a week, if not more, they're yeah. like sacrificing everything and they're doing it for the passion of America. And I'm looking yeah. at going, how could we judge you? You don't make enough money to do what you're being paid to do. Like, this is crazy. Like you have the same passion we have that drives us in ministry. They have for politics. So I love your heart for this because it, it's true. Yeah. And that's why when a lot of the presidents have invited in psychics and mediums throughout almost every presidency in the last seven or eight presidencies, I look at it and go, that's the place that prophets belong, but we have to restore the dignity of the prophetic because these guys need exactly. it. Exactly, They have to hear. 
So exactly. Take me on another journey story. What, what's someplace you've gone? Well, you in the tell? absence of the, you know, absence of of prophets and prophetic people, you know, speaking into that into that culture, Sean, as you just said, it created a, a, a vacuum, a vortex. I did. Where every psychic is being sucked into that vortex. And you're right. Presidents, prime ministers, you know, uh, governmental leaders, congressmen—they're all seeking out psychics because they don't know there's another. <laughs> you know, it, it, you know what's Proverbs say to a famished man: any bitter thing seems sweet. Yeah. So completely. it's like, yeah, you know, and then we could throw stones at him for doing that. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, I've had so many encounters. I'll tell you about this one. It's really cool. I, I was in this. And I have to kind of hide, the, uh, as you well know, I yeah. have to hide. I have to very much hide the the identity of these people because uh, people being tied to Bethel Church is probably not the most positive <laughs> thing in the world. But uh, I was in this meeting with a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, political leaders, and this one guy and his wife. He used to be Secretary of State of his uh, of his country, and now he's running for uh, Prime Minister. Wow. Of a of a of another country, his English isn't his first language. I, I'm in the room and I see his. Uh, we're talking and you know he speaks very broken English. His wife speaks less, and you know we're all dressed up in suits and we're in this you know this kind of like palace. And I I've never met him before. And I say to his, I see this sword sticking out of his wife's stomach. Oh wow! And I'm like, oh my goodness. Well, you know, not super uncommon in 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 the church world I live in, but I'm like, huh. You know, these these guys are not believers, you know? So I'm like, okay. So after a little while, I say to him, um, there's a sword in your wife's stomach. And he's like, what? You know, he kind of looks at me like, you know, he doesn't, I mean, again, English isn't his first language. So he's like, maybe I misunderstood. I said, like a sword. There's like a sword, like a stab, like a sword. <laughs> and she said, and she said, where? And I said, right here. And I pointed right to a place in her stomach. And, you know, this is like a, gorgeous, beautiful woman in a miniskirt, you know? And she said, oh, I've had pain there for five years and I've been all over in broken English. She said, I've been to the best physicians and they can't find anything wrong with me. And I said, well, if I pull the sword out, you'll be fine. Wow. (laughs) Can I pull the sword out? Anyway, through a little bit more conversation, you know, they say, yes, sure. So, you know, the sword's invisible, right, Sean? So... (laughs) I grab the handle of the sword, and there's me and my wife and, and two more of our team there, and, and, and about 60 other people in the room all dressed up in suits and all mingling around talking. And I grab a hold of the, the handle of the sword, and I pull it out, and she falls down on the yes. ground backwards, <laughs> laying on the ground. Of course, she has a very short skirt on, and her husband, you know, and we cover up immediately with, her, with a coat, and her husband's like, call 911, call 911. And I said, no, no, it's okay. It's Jesus. He said, who? I said, Jesus. He's like, Jesus Christ. He's like, Jesus Christ? <laughs> I said, uh, yes. He said, I said, she'll be fine. She'll be fine. So she laid there, Sean, in, in just, you know, in a kind of a state of ecstasy, like kind of unconscious. Not not because she got knocked out. She's just kind of like, is yeah. in, a, in a, kind of like a, a, a trance state, you know? And she's laying there, and about five minutes goes by, and she gets up. She can't remember where she's at, and, and then and then she stands up, and she realizes that the the pain is all gone. Wow! And she starts saying in 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 uh, in Spanish to her husband, you know, my pain is gone, my pain is gone, and she's her you know makeup's running down her face, and and uh, and then she turns to me in broken English and says, all of my pain is gone. 
I said, yeah, wow. we'll pull the sword out. So <laughs> there was about 3,000 people at this event that where that happened. And we get in the elevator like about 20 minutes later, and it's packed with about 50 people in, in this big old elevator. And someone <laughs> says, hey, are you the guy that pulls the sword out of that lady? Do I have any swords in me? And, and these were all political people, you know, 3,000 of them. And and um and so anyway that day we were you know we were just getting people you know delivered from you know from uh, you know evil forces and and you know just releasing people from from demonic stuff and you know and giving them you know hope and prophesying and so you know we've just been doing that for eight years just such a a powerful time and you know what's amazing is politicians it's so much easier to prophesy to a politician than it is I think to most church people. Because most of them, they don't have any paradigm for it, yeah. you know? Well, they don't have time to have a paradigm for it, typically. Yeah, they're so busy. Things. I remember we have a mutual friend, Bob Jones, who's the late, yeah. great Bob Jones. And we were up in Oregon, and, and the governor of Oregon at the time came, and I don't know them at all or whatever, but came and his wife had, um, she was sick. I think it was cancer, if I'm right. And he asked for prayer. It was his first time they've ever asked for prayer from anybody for anything, like on this level. But they were really concerned, and he prayed for, and you know Bob. I mean, Bob, those of you who don't yeah. know who Bob is, he's a prophet who has passed away now, but he was from Arkansas, and everything was parabolic. And he said, oh, you, you've you been cursed by your family. They've been uh, jealous of you because you married this man, and you have a healthy marriage. And, and he just starts telling her, like, you've been cursed, and this cancer came through a curse from your bloodline, from your family who hate you, but God's going to heal you, and he's going to restore your relationship with them. They're going to repent to you. And she's just looking at him like, are you crazy? Like, how do you know this? But also this can't happen. They hate, they hate us. Like this isn't going to happen. And he yeah. prays for her and he goes, see that, see that. And he shows her husband to see the red dots in her eyes. And he goes, it looks like a laser pointers in her eyes. And I saw it too. And she, he goes there, it's, it's being delivered right now. And he goes, it's a spirit of cancer. And he goes, my wife is like, like the exorcist. <laughs> he thought he didn't yeah. have a frame of reference, you know, he said, yeah, totally. like that. Of course, Bob says that. Yeah. Like that. And then it comes out and she, she totally looked different. She went from orange skin because she was doing some sort of medical process with carrots. Oh or yeah. Yeah. So she went from orange skin and we watched it turn to pink skin, like normal skin. And she was totally healed. I bring up the story because like he said, we had no idea that there's some place for us to go. We're suffering so much. We're both working so hard. We had no idea that there's a God like this. And I just feel like when I hear your story, I just think of like, or your, you know, many stories I've heard, but this one that you're telling, I just feel like there is that restoration of the dignity of this place where people can go seek the prophets and actually be blessed because of it. And they're looking for, they're, they, they're longing for spiritual resolution. And you teach about transformation, this kind of stuff, which appeals to politicians. But do you have one more quick story? I know you got to go in just a minute. Yeah. You know, the other, another, you know, the Lord protects his political people. And yeah. uh, I was in a, another place and this is a five years old story, but I was in this place and I, I saw this, uh, this, this African uh, man and his wife and his son just, I, you know, just, just talking to a friend of mine. And so I walked up and I said to my friend, hey, um, uh, I, I have a word for this this African man. And he's like, okay. And so I said to this man, I said, you've been, uh, I said, I don't know who you are, but I see you've had 10 assassination attempts on your life. Oh, wow. And he's like, his wife goes, do you know who my husband is? And I said, no. And she said, well, my husband is the president and she names an African nation. Wow. And she said, and he's had 10 assassination attempts on his life. I said, well, he's the safest man in the world. 
because I the Lord told me to tell you that He's put you in a purple bubble. That's in it, it's impregnable by bullets, uh, it, it, biological weapons, and I just went through this whole list. Like this bubble you're in, you wow. cannot be killed. And she's and so, and I gave him this whole word about protection. And so anyway, a year later, I go back to the uh, same place and and I'm in the bathroom in this in this gathering. And this guy comes in. He goes, oh, Chris, do you remember me? And I said, yeah, you're the safest man in the world. <laughs> he said, did you hear about what happened to me? I said, no. He said, I was in a cafe in my country, names the country, which I know. Very, 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 very unsafe African country. And he said, I was in a cafe with my entire uh, staff. And we were having this meeting. And I got a cell phone call. And I couldn't hear the, the cell. So I walked out of the uh, cafe to get clearer cell. And the, and the entire cafe blew up, and it killed everybody inside oh. the cafe. The glass blew around me, and a voice said to me, you're the safest man in the world. Wow. That was uh, four years ago. So I sit with his wife a year ago at, this, uh, at the, uh, the D.C. prayer breakfast, and I didn't even recognize her. She goes, Chris, do you remember me? And I said, no I, no, I don't. She goes, my husband's the safest man in the world. I said, wow. oh, I remember that. She said, is there any way you can take that prophetic word back? <laughs> she said, take it back? Why? She said, well, have you heard what happened to my husband? I said, yeah, he told me I met with him three years ago. And she goes, oh, no, no. My husband's been blown up five times in five different buildings. Oh, my gosh. Since the first one. So six times. He's the only one who's lived in any of the bombings. And now my husband thinks he can't die, so he goes to the most unsafe places <laughs> in the world. <laughs> and yes. he told me about this last time that he was blown up in this hotel, and the plate glass window fell over the top of him. He was in the top floor. And though everybody in the hotel died, he's the only one who walked out totally unscratched. Wow. So, you know, it's just, I mean, how many, I mean, it's just so powerful. You know, George Washington uh, the you know the, our first president had the same kind of encounter, and the British actually said George Washington can't be killed. I remember hearing that, and and so you know um, anyway, it's just Sean. It's the most fun thing in the world, man. You know, I believe it. Well, hey, this kind of theme, and I, as we're exploring the prophetic, is just so helpful for people to hear your experience and just to hear who yeah. you are. Because there's people this is their lane. Like for me, Hollywood, I have the exact same kind of experience where. Uh, I just, you know, it's one person I meet with because a divine assignment and they can't help but say, oh, this is available. Please meet with this friend and this friend and this friend. And I just think that, you know, these, these cultural influence places are opening up to the prophetic because people are so hungry for what the spiritual resolution can do. And like that guy, that president was not afraid because he had a word. And so it actually, now he's fearless. He was at first not afraid. Now he's fearless. I mean, I, I think it's people like you who put a branding iron of faith in people's lives, you know, that just brand them. So, so encouraged. I love it. Thank you so much, Chris, for being on. How can we get a hold of you? Uh, Sean, you can get a hold of me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, or uh, Instagram, and also my blog by just putting in Chris Valatin, that's K-R-I-S-V-A-L-L-O-T-T-O-N.com, and all of those will become available to you. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Thanks for being on the show. Be blessed, man. God bless you. 
Have you ever thought about developing a lifestyle of words of knowledge? Well, I have an eight-week e-course on this called God's Secrets, and this is developing a lifestyle of words of knowledge. And I'm going to take you through teaching, activations, impartations, even quizzes to understand what words of knowledge are and how to have a biblical-based approach to applying these in your everyday life. I want to encourage you, download it now. You can do it online at your convenience over eight weeks, and it's going to change the way you think about the prophetic. Go to bowlsministries.com or www.courses.bowlsministries.com. Join me next time where we explore the prophetic together.